host of Belmont Buzz and I'm bringing you today's show in a really special cool place. It's Craft Beer Cellar's brand new store at 87 Leonard Street and I'm here with the co-founder of Craft Beer Cellar and owner Suzanne Shallow. Welcome Suzanne. Hey thank you so much. Yes I'm here in a mask uh, in the cellar. We're officially in the cellar for the first time uh, in almost 10 years which is great. You know cellar. Yes. Cellar cellar. Here we are. Uh, that's been kind of the theme, right? A lot of people have noticed, like, finally, you're in the cellar. It's good. It's really good. Well, let's talk about this, this cellar. This, this, is, this is literally underground. We are where Foodies Market and it used to be, and before that, it was Macy's, and before that, it was Filene's, and it literally is underground. And you had this vision. I don't know how you had it, Suzanne, because your store was located just a few doors down at 57 Leonard, no, 51 Leonard, and now we're at 87 Leonard. But how did you come up with this idea? How did you have this vision to relocate in this cellar? You know, I don't know. I mean, we, Foodies did such a good job of building it out, you know, and, and Locatelli had a vision and, you know, they're, they're great people and they, they took their time and got the space rebuilt right. We love the space so much when Foodies opened. We were here to support them and unfortunately it didn't, it didn't work out well for them and it was a bummer for us, uh, even though all of us and all of our staff were down there every day buying things, you know, buying, trying to buy lunch and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think we just kind of like the space. And, you know, there was, you know, there was a lot of character here and just a lot. Um, There's a lot of opportunities for us. And, you know, even then, I guess that was in 17, 16, 17. No, they, they closed two years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think even at that time, we were already out of space. You know, 51, what a great space. What a great storefront. Um, you know, I guess probably five or six years in, we needed more space. We found out how to make it work. Uh, we were hopeful to try to get into a bigger space. And, you know, I mean, I think things align sometimes and sometimes they don't. And, you know, we're blessed, right? I mean, we're, we have a busy business. And well, why don't we talk a little bit about the business for people who might not be familiar with Craft Beer Cellar, even though you do have a lot of fans. Uh, Craft Beer Cellar was founded 10 years ago. You opened your first store in Belmont 10 years ago on November 10th. You're also Belmont resident, right? You, you, you were we Belmont are. resident when you first opened? We are. So, and your partner is Kate Baker. So just tell us the history. Like, how did you decide, I'm going to open a store in, in Belmont 10 years ago? How did you come up with that idea? And tell us a little bit about the history. We come from the restaurant business. We're food, we're food and beverage people. Um, I think, uh, generally speaking, we wanted to try to open a business and work for ourselves. Um, it made sense for us to take a little bit of a break from the restaurant business. Uh, sometimes when you're so, some, you know, you're you're somewhere so long, you kind of become part of the part of the feel of the place. And I think, you know, the last place we were, which is a great place, um, I had been there near 12 years, and and she was uh, just over 11, and. 
I think the only other natural thing that made sense for us was beer. That was one of the things that had, you know, connected us. And it, 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 um, it made sense for it to be a retail beer shop. We had done a lot of traveling over our years uh, in the restaurant biz and taken a lot of notes and had some good ponderances over beers, likely, in breweries and brew pubs across the U.S. And, and that's, I mean, that's really... It was the birth of the idea of craft beer cellar. Um, yeah, I mean, and and and, and yeah. And you grew in this ten-year time. We're talking a decade, but you didn't you didn't just have one store at Fifty One Leonard Street. You became a franchise. You grew. Like, tell tell us a little bit about that. Yep, it's true. Uh, six months in or so, we knew we needed or, or at least wanted to open another location and started to look around and try to figure out how we were going to do that and how we were going to replicate ourselves, which, of course, as you know, is impossible. And looked at a bunch of different business models and decided that franchising was probably the best way for us to go. Uh, it's it's been a, certainly been a ride, for sure. We... Um, you know, if we had to do it all over again, like you get you get asked that question, we wouldn't change it per se, but we might do things slightly differently. We have 24 locations currently. Uh, all over, all over, not just in Massachusetts. That's right. We're all the way to the West Coast. We have a location in the Los Angeles area in Torrance, California. We're in the St. Louis market, down in Florida, Mississippi. That's really something, Suzanne. It is something. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to slice something. It's, it's a lot of work, right? And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, we are fortunate that we have a, a small uh, but mighty team of three people that work uh, for the franchise company. Uh, our COO is the owner of the store down in Plymouth, Mass., and she runs the day-to-day operations, uh, uh, Ms. Tatum Stewart. She's very, very talented and very good. And then we have a uh, marketing uh, person, Mary McKinsey, who actually started in the Belmont shop, so most people have probably seen her around. She worked for about a year in the Belmont shop and then uh, was promoted up to the brand. And then um, Mr. Alo Galinsky is just joining us. He does a lot of e-commerce stuff. E-commerce and in the time of pandemics, he does a lot of events. So, for example, this past Thursday he did... Um, a tasting, quite frankly. He did a tasting with Alma Gang, uh, Duval, uh, and did uh, three beers, and some people jumped on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we're having to get creative and figure out how, uh, how to make small changes to our business model as it had been before, uh, before COVID. Well, let's talk a little bit about COVID and how, how has COVID affected your business? We're blessed. Uh, we haven't missed one day of business, uh, not not since the beginning of this thing. And it, is it true people are drinking more during the pandemic? For sure. Yep, for sure. About forty-two percent more. Uh, Isn't that really something? Aren't you glad it wasn't one of those uh, businesses that had to be shut down? I mean, glad's it's that's not really the right word. I mean, I think you know everybody was uh, scared for health and and. I mean, this is a scary thing to go through, you know, with friends and family and as a business owner. And, you know, we're we're a close-knit group here on Leonard Street. And, you know, to watch and to go through some of the pains uh, that some of our friends have had to go through as restaurants and, and, you know, retail shops uh, that... It, that that was just hard. It's just hard to watch. Uh, we were always there, rallying and trying to just do anything we could do. We offered to do 
you know, deliveries for some of the retail shops that were just, you know, delivering clothes or stuff like that because, you know, we're out making deliveries anyway. Um, anything we could do, you know, we're, we're happy to do it. You know, I remember when Jerry, there was a decision that had been made to open uh, the street up for seating um, and, and keep the traffic flow one way. And I thought that was a great idea. It was great, and I think it, it beautified the center a little bit, and I think we probably should consider doing something like that uh, on an annual basis. I agree. Yeah, I think we really should have that conversation. But Jerry from uh, Champions, who's the mayor, of, of course, of Belmont, as most people know, had come over and asked if he could, you know, because we didn't have anything in front of our store, to ask if he could put um, the ping pong table in front of our store, and we were like, absolutely. So, you know, it, and now that ping pong table lives in your new space, <laughs> which is quite big, this space. How many square feet are we? About 16,000. Now, uh, I'll say that's the, um, you know, that's the Disneyland of uh, the craft beer world that Kate and I will end up, you know, putting together, which will take us another few months to get everything all together, especially in the face of the pandemic. The new bottle shop is 4,000 square feet. Yes, which is where we're standing right now. And we're going to get a tour. You'll give us a, a tour of the, the whole space in, in a little bit at, sure. for the end of the show. But I just um, I want to ask you, how did COVID affect your opening plans and, and getting this open? You, you opened officially October 28th. We did. Uh, we should. You wanted to open soon. Yeah, we should have been down here last year. Uh, we should have been down here last August, quite frankly. And I, and I think some of that, you know, was just life and... Some of it was the change of times, and then I think as we started really to get things in order and get construction rolling, uh, boom, you know, pandemic comes and, you know, the governor shut everything down that was non-essential business for, you know, a number of months, and so the contractors were off and people weren't working. Uh, the contractors, I don't think, got back to work uh, probably until June, it seems like. That was about right. Uh, June, and, and there wasn't a ton to do still, but, the, you know, it's really the last end of a construction project where all the little nuts and bolts come together. So, I mean, at that point, you know, you, you just sort of say, we were so grateful to still be open and to be functioning in our business. We pivoted very quickly. We, we, we got creative. We immediately started running a home delivery service. We'd always done delivery uh, before, but never to the degree at which we do now. And we deliver seven days a week now. We run four delivery runs uh, every single day. Yeah, so. That's something. It's All of the same house? No, just kidding. It's changed our business uh, quite a lot. I mean, and just, you know, we analyze numbers now as a team and we look at, how sales stack up on a week-to-week -week basis and it's it's just crazy i mean we had a lot of corporate business before and like other people that lost business we lost a certain percent of percentage of our business you know to people that were in offices and things like that but we were able to make it back up um, not 100 percent, but we're open and even if we're still down 10 or 15 percent or 20 um, some weeks more than that uh, i just did the numbers today and you know, it's hard to look at numbers where you're seeing, um, you know, a 30% down week over week, but, you know, there's averages in weeks, and we're open, as I said. You know, we're, we feel grateful to be open, and there's been a lot happened this year that's uh, just reminded us of how grateful we are, and we're headed toward 10 years here and I think about less than two weeks now. I know. So looking back from where you were 10 years ago to where you are today, how, how do you feel 10 years later? I'm a little more tired, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, we feel great. I mean, Belmont's our home. It's been our home for 10 years. It's been the home of our business for 10 years, almost 10 years. 
Um, How has the beer industry changed in 10 years? Has it changed? That's too much to, uh, too much to capture in this conversation. Uh, it's changed so much. It's really changed a lot. I mean, I don't know exactly the number, but I, 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 I suspect we're over 200 breweries in the state of Massachusetts. And when we opened in 2010, I'm pretty sure it was less than 50. So it really has grown. Craft beer is a very popular thing. What do you think it is about craft beer that people love so much? Hey, look, I mean, Prohibition wasn't that long ago, and out of Prohibition, there were 42 breweries that existed in the United States, and uh, right now, or at least at the, at the height before the pandemic started, there were almost 8,500 breweries in this country, and, and I don't think it's anything per se. I think there's a popularity and growth and exploration in beer. Uh, beer is largely something that is worth exploring. There are a lot of styles. There are a lot of things about beer that people never knew before because beer had largely been deemed as sort of lager, right? It's just sort of flavor this lager beer. And that's not really the case. Definitely not. Fact, you know, I mean, yeah. Standing in front of dark beers, porters and stouts, and like old engine oil. It's one of the best beers in the world. True. How many different kinds of beers do you have here? Do you know off the top of your head? Don't know. 1,000, 1,200, I don't know. I've lost track over, over time. It's funny, in the beginning when we first kicked our website out, I was so adamant about counting the number of beers we had in the store. When we first opened, it was only like 350. It's um, probably about three or four times that now. Yeah, I can't get over like the packaging. It's, it's really like works of art. Agreed. And it's been that way. That, that hasn't changed. There's just more of it. Uh, Kate and I always wanted to put uh, the graphics and the branding and the packaging of the breweries at the center of our business. That was always part of our plan. And, you know, some of it also has to do the way, you know, things are put together, you know, how well things are lined up and... Um, Appearances do matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, how, how we structure and put the store together. How is this new store going to be better than your other store? It's What's bigger. different about it? Well, besides being bigger, what else is different about it? It's bigger. Uh, carry more product? For sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for example, previous, you know, let's say we were dealing with a local brewery like Lamplighter, who's over in Cambridge, uh, and we may only have been able to carry three or four of their styles because of, you know, shelf limitations and, and or cooler limitations. And now we don't have those same limitations. Uh, we well, all you're more than double, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the total inside square footage here is about thirty, almost thirty nine hundred. Um, your other store was fifteen, so you're definitely more than double. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and you know, we'll be able to take that extra ski or that extra style, or maybe even two from a brewery that we had to be, you know, we had to rotate a little bit more before um, and keep things keep things a little tighter. And when COVID is finally over, which we hope will be soon things will be a lot different. You'll probably be able to have events here because now you have an actual event space, right? We do, yep. And it's, well, we've had the event space for the last couple of years. Now the event space is just down the hallway. That's a great thing. We do a lot of uh, beer type events and trainings and sessions like that. We have a program called Beer Cierge, which we focus largely on beer education. Uh, do a lot of weekly, you know, kind of blind tastings and things like that. We haven't done that since March, of course. Uh, but we look forward to getting back to that in 2021. Uh, when, That's you know, a great idea. To do that, yeah. This, besides craft beer, you also have a pantry, which is about 1,000 square feet. Tell us more about that. 
Yep, uh, that's part of the store, quite frankly. It's just in a slightly uh, separate... I'm looking out the, the window so I can see it over there. It's so cute. Um, it's in about 800 square feet. It's just diagonal across from the bottle shop here. It's um, really just foods, quick grab-and-go things, chocolates, nuts, mixes, mixers. All things that go good with beer, right? Things that go good with beer, chocolate, uh, pretzels, Belgian waffles, stroop waffles. Cheese. Gum, cheese, yeah, some some meats. Uh, baguettes will be in there. Little, little, little bit of fresh produce, lemons, limes, tomatoes. So you'd be able to run through there, let's say, on a Friday night, grab, you know, some fresh mozzarella, basil, grab some olive oil, uh, baguette, and go home and make, you know, your own little, you know, tomato bruschetta or something like this. Great. And you also, in addition to beer, you're selling, you're selling wine and you're selling, are you going to be selling all kinds of liquor? Because don't you have an all-alcohol all license now or not? I know you have an all-alcohol license for the restaurant, which is also going to be part of your new venture here called Trink Titch. That's right. Uh, so let me back up and say no. Craft Beer Cellar Belmont has a liquor license that allows for the sale of beer and wine and those types of products. We were granted and we're blessed to be so uh, a full liquor license for the restaurant, uh, which is called Trinktish, uh, and that should open in full bloom in August or September of 2021. Uh, in the pandemic, there's no uh, possible way we'd even consider getting that fully open. We do intend to kick off food in uh, maybe four or five weeks. Uh, we do have some paperwork to settle up with the town uh, in terms of food permitting and stuff like that. Do you like hot, hot food? Delicious food. Kate's background is uh, culinary arts, so most most people don't know that. Um, she and I have been working craftfully on a menu. She's working on designing it, and I'm working on putting it together and make sure it, um, you know, we're hitting all the food groups and that it, that it reads well. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I do all that stuff. Uh, and when, you know, of course, I'm very opinionated, so when I don't like something, I... Complain. Can you give me an example of something? Like German potato salad. Uh, for example, and I had she did she's done little taste, taster batches of uh, things, and I couldn't believe uh, you know it didn't have like mayo or mustard in it. And uh, I guess the secret ingredient in German potato salad is like apple cider vinegar. Oh wow! So is everything yeah. going to be German on this menu? Absolutely not. No, absolutely. Because the, the name itself is German. It means drinking table. Something like that. Yeah, it really means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, but it's a fusion of fun and travel. There must be a reason you came up with that name. What was it about that name that attracted yeah. you? Trink, drink, table, stomtisch. It's a fusion of two German words, uh, but it's not really a word that exists. Are either of you German? Do you have German blood? German heritage. Uh, Kate Moore Welsh. Um, we traveled a lot, you know. We've been in, I still have family in Germany. We've been in Germany many, many times. Uh, 100% German? No, no. No, my mother's American. And a southern woman. A fine southern woman she is. Um, but, but yeah, uh, in the face of the pandemic, we'll look to get 100% open and launched uh, sometime in August or September of 2021. We will do food to go in four or five weeks. Well, that's great. And then we'll do a small percentage of um, our seating capacity in January at some point. We will do probably uh, 15 or 20 percent um, a few tables here and there allow people to come in our um, draft system is being designed right now currently by modern draft local to boston um, 
And yeah, in the meantime, we'll do bottles and cans and sake cups. And, you know, we want to we want to keep safe, keep clean and be as sanitary as possible and do the things that are not only required of us from the town and the state, but also uh, do right by the CDC uh, and make things just as transparent as possible from a health uh, standpoint or standard. Uh, so we're not going to install the draft system until we're ready to launch full time. We want to make sure that uh, people are pouring a beer, they're pouring it themselves, and they're pouring it in front of themselves. So it's Right, right. But you will have a bar, an actual bar, which you had told me is going to be how big? You know, I don't have the dimensions, but it seems to me like it's uh, about 100 feet long. Will there be giant steins at the, the new restaurant, Drink Tit? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. Uh, maybe for special events. We, we definitely beer people, and we're definitely um, largely focused on proper glassware. And if we have uh, certain beers, we will also have the glassware that um, the beer should be poured in. So as I'm standing here talking to you, you've only been open for like a very short time, not even a week. Um, How has it been going? What is people's reaction to your new store and your new space? It's been amazing, actually. I'm exhausted. I hope I don't look exhausted. Uh, I feel better today than I did on the weekend and uh, better than last week. Uh, Our team, boy, oh boy, they put their heads together and their bodies together and, and figured it out. We picked that whole store up and moved it in two days turned around. At least it wasn't a, a long distance move. Truth. Uh, truth. Yeah. Because things were getting wheeled like on carts uh, from the old space, like right down Leonard Street, which is pretty funny. Um, you did do a lot of this yourself. A lot of the heavy lifting you did yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We, we got help on some of the big items like the refrigeration uh, and some of the, the shelves and the cabinets. But um, it's, a, it's a true uh, testament to uh, strength and community and numbers. We had just all kinds of friends and people that work for breweries and distributors and just so many people show up to really lend a hand. And I think they did that because of the difference that the stores made uh, in the community of good beer in Boston and beyond. Quite frankly. Speaking of community, I want to talk about your connection to the Belmont community and, and the surrounding neighbor neighbor neighborhoods to Belmont. So Let's talk about that. Um, over the 10 years, how have you given back to the, to the community in Belmont? And I know recently you've, you did a donation for Belmont Against Racism because of everything that's happening with, with Black Lives Matter. Yeah, we're kind of locked into Belmont Against Racism right now. Uh, it's a choice we've made. And I think we're going to stay locked into them for the rest of this year and, and into next year. But aside from that, we always just try to... Uh, give a little bit back. Uh, Kate and I are people that um, have worked hard for what we have and we, we can appreciate what, um, you know, people, when people are in situations where they don't have. And I know, for example, like every holiday, we always reach out to the town and see if we can find a, a family or a name uh, of someone that is, is not in um, as good of a place as we are. And we try to provide, you know, some things for them, whether it's gifts or, you know, food. I know Mary McKinsey, who's on the, the brand side of the marketing team now, last year she went shopping for a family, um, a Belmont family uh, with three kids and bought, you know, coats and, you know, things that they had asked for. We had gotten a list uh, from the town and uh, we 
ordered a Christmas dinner for them as well. And that's very nice. Kate and Mary delivered that to them with the gifts. Uh, you know, so we try to do stuff like that. But 2020 has been a, a, a real um, awakening, if you will, of uh, things. And one of the things that I that's think for sure. Super important to us is um, that there's a lot of discrimination that goes on and happens, and it's unfortunate. And you know, we can do a lot of things, but Kate and I ultimately decided that it's most important to start in our community, and we've done that. We've been um, donating uh, uh, X amount of dollars per case that we get. There's there's been some initiatives that kicked off in the in the brewing community. Uh, one of them is right here behind us, yeah, actually. Let's talk about that. Black is beautiful is a project that was created out of Texas, quite frankly, um, Weathered Souls Brewing Company, and they basically designed a recipe and then invited anybody that wanted to join them uh, to, to join them in making this beer, so long as they agreed to provide the, uh, the assets, you know, from the sale of that beer back into uh, the, you know, the... The, the communities that need it, you know, or into, you know, they didn't state where it had to be donated. But the cool thing about a beer like this is that it's brewed. This is Harpoon's version, I think. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. It's Harpoon's version. So they decide to make it. They sell it. And they give those dollars to whomever they chose. And then it goes to a distributor. And the distributor donates. And then it ends up at a retailer. And then the retailer donates. So... I actually love stout. It's funny that we're standing in front of all these stouts right now. Stouts and and porters. And porters. Yes. yes. I don't know why. I just do. I think I like the coffee flavor. You're just some thinking of them. that because it's cold outside today. It's wintertime now. Well, yeah. I was going to ask you about your, your uh, beers, your inventory that you recommend for the winter months. You know, what's popular in the winter for beer? I mean, the dark, you know, the colder it gets, the darker it gets. That's kind of a general, uh, general census in the in the beer geek world. But I say, drink what you like, whenever you like, and put it in whatever glass you want to put it in. Uh, I mean, it, you know, ultimately, what it comes down, to, what it comes down to, is it doesn't matter. So, how do how do you help someone who comes in your store and is like, I don't know what to get? Just a few basic questions. You know, light beer, dark beer. Do you like bitter beer? What's the last beer you had? That's my favorite question. What's the last beer you had? Or what's a beer that's in your refrigerator right now? Any beer. Name a beer. Tell me a beer. Because if it's in your refrigerator, you bought it. And there's something about that you like. And, and, and we're geeky enough that we know if they can tell us the name of a beer, Carlsberg, then we know that's an international pale lager. And we'll go right to the lager section and start talking to them about different lager styles. Sell like the regular brands here, like um, Modelo or Bud Light or Coors or Corona. Lawnmower beer. We don't. No. Uh, no Corona those, here. You can get those anywhere. You don't need to get those here. Okay, so that's good for people to know. This is spe- specialty beer, not not like the run of the mill. Yeah, I mean, specialty is a strong word. I mean, we have Sam Adams. Uh, Jim okay. Cook's a good friend, and and we're going to keep supporting. These are smaller breweries. I think that's the way we look at it. Smaller producers. Specialty, I don't know. Uh, we, we've got some crazy... Uh, I mean, I'm looking at a case of Paul Anner here. Uh, Paul Anner's a very big brewery in Germany. I don't know that people would think of Paul Anner necessarily as specialty, but the beer is darn good. And that's, I mean, it's generally small producers, but it's that are making excellent products. If it's here, you can be sure that it's excellent. Well, I'm going to ask you to give us a tour soon. But before we do that, I just want to ask, what would you say? Well, two more questions. You're in business with your other half. I mean, 
the two of you are, ma- are married, right? Didn't you get married? I forget when. Tell me when. Correct. 10, 10, 10. 10, 10, 10. Wow. Days before 11, 10, 10, which is when we opened the store for the That's first amazing. Time. So what, is, I mean, how do you, how do you stay in business and, and succeed and with, with your other half? And, and like, how do you get along? How do you, how do you manage that? Look, I mean, it, I don't think it happens too often, but we're lucky. I mean, you know, sometimes you end up finding a person that uh, you're in complete cohesion with. And I think that's the case for Kate and I. We focus on different things. We have different strengths. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we leave work at work and, you know, go home and celebrate uh, the day's successes and failures. And we're the ones that, you know, of course, take the failures. We don't leave those for the staff. We take them and, and dissect them and try to figure out how to you know, put them back together the next day if they exist. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just lucky. It doesn't happen very often. We're cognizant of that. Uh, but we're, we're, we're good, and it's, 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 it's been good uh, because every day we feel happy to come to work, uh, and, you know, we don't have those challenges. It's really good. And what is the secret, would you say, to your overall success of craft beer? Excellent beer, I think. You must be doing something right, right? <laughs> uh, and what are your plans for the big 10-year anniversary, November 10th? I'm not really sure. It's a, it's a strange year, and that's, that's some of our hesitation and pause. I mean, in the, in the past, we would have done, you know, a bunch of tastings and had a bunch of brewers and, and people in. But this year, we're trying really hard not to um, cause people to, you know, be, you know, to, to, to you know, to, too prevalent or uh, too crowded. Um, we're probably going to get some cake because that's you know that's what you do and it's your birthday and uh, cupcakes. Yeah, at least we'll be able to offer some things like that. And um, you know, I mean, six or seven years ago we would get special beer, but guess what? You know, we have special beer. So I say I'm not sure yet, but we'll do something fun. And you know, we may do some uh, virtual stuff as well uh, for those that. You know, don't feel that they they can come out. Or um, we have a lot of customers that are in different demographics, and we want to stay respectful of all of our customers in this time. So, what are your hopes for this new business venture? We're so excited to share, uh, just to share in a common space and a community space with with Belmont. Uh, this space is um, is going to be amazing. It's really going to be amazing. I don't know the exact capacity at this point, but my guess is that it's between 250 and 300. And I, and I mean, in terms of seats, I think it'll be a great place for people. Uh, Kate is working on putting together some excellent food uh, that's not like anything else that's in the center, which is great, right? Uh, because Definitely. We, no pizza? No pizza. No, we don't want to be doing anything that would... Um, take anything away from the businesses that are here already um but yeah i mean we we look we look forward to really having this be a beer disneyland you know you come down you can get a lunch a really really great lunch um you don't even have to do that you can come down uh we keep saying and i think it's going to be true and have the best wi-fi in belmont uh we've been working on installing these um uh, Wi-Fi, uh, I don't know what exactly they're called, but... Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, stations, and they're all over the building, so people can come down and... People may park themselves here all day, though. That's perfect. I love that. You know, this, this, this is... As long as they order. 
It doesn't even matter, you know? It's just about creating a community space. And, you know, kids are studying, you know, their schoolwork from home and people are working from home. And I think it's real important that we have a space where people feel comfortable that they can be and, and that, you know, there's not a, a demand uh, for certain no, I agree. So it'll be good. And then if people want beer, there'll be some of the best beers in the world uh, available to consume on site um, and wines. We're super excited about putting wines on tap as well. We have a lot of wine customers as well. We, we carried about 100 different wines at the old location. I'm not sure how we got them in there. Um, and we think we can carry about 160 or 170 uh, in terms of uh, numbers now. So you can see a lot of empty space in our wine section. And it's just, uh, you know, we're in the process of building things out and figuring, figuring it out. And uh, look at this. we got a seltzer section now. Hard seltzers are one of the fastest growing alcoholic beverages in the entire segment. Why do you think that is? No idea. No, nothing to say there. we gotta, we got to uh, support what people are chasing. They're easy drinking, you know? I, I mean... It's true. You don't even realize you're drinking alcohol. That's true, too. I mean, we try things, and, you know, sometimes we're blown away by things. There's a wine over here that I really love. Uh, it's an Italian red. Uh, Frisolti. It is. These guys right here are girls, uh, Anchor and Hope. We love these people so much. This is a Rhode Island winery. They are a Negasin uh, winery. They worked uh, in wineries on the West Coast, and basically, they're contract winery, uh, winery or contract wine producers. They have relationships now with uh, growers in California, Oregon, Washington, Germany, France, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they're basically shipping wine back to Rhode Island, and they're doing the blending. Uh, there at their facility and their wine is really spectacular. We carry pretty much all of their stuff. They have a wonderful Pinot. They have a darker, kind of a bit of a heavier red table blend. The Rosé has got a nice minerality to it. So on and so forth. We've got their soft wine, etc. We love them a lot.
Suzanne, tell me about, about this decor and the, the meaning of those wheels. Do you know any, what the background is on those? I think it's just about, uh, you know, it's kind of gears, you know, working together conceptually, you know, uh, bringing concepts together uh, to, make, to make something work. That's really good. Yeah, we like it. And did you say that um, Kevin Foley, the landlord, did this design? This was really, this came from him, yeah, 100%. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. I'm standing in front of Craft Beer's front entrance right here in Belmont Center, 87 Leonard Street. We've been talking to the co-founder of Craft Beer Cellar, Suzanne Shallow, today. And you really should check it out. It's quite a venture. It's going to be, in, in addition to the store, it's going to be a restaurant. As, and there's also a pantry, so you will not leave hungry or thirsty. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Stay well.